This is the Time Out with Shore Sports Podcast, covering sports on the shore with Mark Potter and Mike Bradley, presented by the Preston Automotive Group. Now, here are your hosts, Mark and Mike. Wow, week four, you guys loved Jake Coleman. Either that or you loved us. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure, but uh, wow. It, it, well, two or three, I'm thinking it, over yeah. here. <laughs> so, but uh, yeah, and this, is, this week's show is a continuation of last week's conversation with Jake Coleman and out on his pontoon boat out in Isle of Wright Bay in Ocean City. Uh, and it just, as I look back on what we've talked about in episode number four, um, it just, he gave us a chance to dive into what makes him tick and yep. why he does what he does. And, and this week you're about to find out it's a continuation of that uh, conversation with Jake Coleman as to what makes him tick. So why don't we get right to it? Yeah. Hey, it's David Wilson Jr. with the Preston Automotive Group. Preston is a great place to buy because you can always expect great customer service when you're buying your vehicle and after the sale. Customers can call me directly on my cell phone at 410-829-0034. We love the communities we serve and we'd love to give back no matter what the case may be. The Preston Automotive Group has been in my family for 40 years. My father has been serving this community and has passed it on to our family to continue to serve you no matter what you're looking for at any time for all your vehicle needs. Whether it's service, sales, parts, or the body shop, Preston's got you covered. Don't have time to bring your car into the dealership for service? We'll bring the service to you with one of our mobile service vans. The Preston Automotive Group is always a great place to buy your car because we have the best prices and the best service after the sale. No matter what you're looking for, we have over 1,500 new vehicles and over 700 pre-owned vehicles at any time. You can always shop online at PrestonMotor.com. And remember, we'll deliver. This portion of the Time Out with Shore Sports podcast is brought to you by the Edge Training Academy, where passion meets performance. Located in Stevensville at 112 Long Canoe Circle at the Chesapeake Bay Business Park, now offering 24-hour gym access. More information at TheEdgeTrainingAcademy.com. Well, and, and Coach, with the transition to Stephen Decatur, the opportunity, you talked a little bit about it in the uh, in the first part. And, and I'm curious, too, because, again, I, I know it's not about you, and I know that you want to have a positive impact and leave a legacy where people say, Coach Coleman treated me, treated me well, did what he could for me, you know, represented the shore well, did everything he could for the Bayside and his team. But at the same time, I'm just curious, though, you coached after Coach Fleetwood. Now you're coaching after Coach Knox. Is that something, and I know you said you don't try to be like them. Is that something in your mind that, though, when you take over a program, that you want to continue that that tradition, that legacy? Or is it, look, I'm just, I'm just concerned about doing a good job, me, Jay Coleman, and I can't think about the rest of that stuff? Yeah, I mean, it does, I don't think it does any good to think about it. You know, I mean, I think that's for other people to think about. But me, I got to stay in the moment and stay focused on, you know, winning the day. And uh, if I if I stay focused on the moment, when I get done, you know, regardless of, of you know, how many games I win or, or whatever happened, you know, my impact will be felt. So um, now, would I ever put myself up there with Doug Fleetwood? No, I haven't won a state championship in football. Won a couple in baseball haven't won any in football so I can never put myself you know on that level uh, and as far as like the other 
championships and, and games and stuff, that's for somebody else to determine. I, I can't be concerned with it, and I, I really, I, I really I, I spend no energy thinking about it. I really don't. So your first year, you come into Stephen Decatur. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, COVID hit your first year, right? Yeah. Okay, so you didn't get to coach your first year. Well, yeah. as head coach, but as a head coach. assistant coach. Well, the so. fall. I didn't, you know, I didn't get coach in the fall. Right. You know, but, right. Then, but you come out and then in the spring. Right. So what kind of challenges did you find coming in to Decatur? Because, I mean, you were an assistant on the staff, so you were kind of – at least they know who you were and you knew how they operated. But what kind of challenges did you find as the head coach coming in? Well, it, it, you know – that's a that's a question that is very difficult to answer without making my predecessor look bad, and I, I would never try to do that with Coach Knox. There were challenges on the way that I wanted to do things, and and so there there was challenges um, because you're different. Yeah, because we're different. Uh, there was facilities that you know it doesn't matter you know who you are and where you're at. There's always facilities that and, and different outside things that you need to start um, improving and whatnot. So, you know, there was a focus there with helmets and shoulder pads and our practice field and our practice equipment. And, and now, you know, one of our focuses is, is our weight room and, and trying to update that and spruce that up and get those things going. And, and then obviously, you know, I got to I got to understand how the community works. You know, I, I got to understand what makes everybody tick. Um, I had a really good understanding of that, obviously, in Cambridge, and and I have to figure that stuff out here, and and obviously I got to build relationships because you know you're never going to have success if you don't have great relationships. So you know all those things were challenges, um, you know, initially. Well, and, and the way I, I would have phrased is from Cambridge to Decatur. How are the football communities different? And look, I'll be the one to say it as someone that has covered this area and covered Decatur over the years. It's 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 not the same. Right. It's not the same, and I think that you know Decatur has been known for good lacrosse, and baseball, and wrestling. They've had some real good success, at least as a recent of basketball as well. Um, I, I don't know that quite the football, um, the love of football, and the community around it on Friday nights in Berlin is there yet. Maybe it used to be before my time, but it's not the way it is in Cambridge, not yet. But I take it that's certainly your goal. At least that that's my take. But obviously I know you want to get it to a level that where Cambridge has been and still is, obviously. Right. No question. You know, I think of Decatur is a very similar situation to Salisbury University. You know, Salisbury University has been good at basically every sport. Decatur's been good at a lot of sports. Right, you know, wrestling, right. lacrosse, so on and so forth. Been uh, had a couple great runs with basketball and obviously baseball and you know soccer and you know just had a tennis state champion. Uh, so they've That's been right. volleyball is very. They're pretty much good at at everything. Kind of similar to Salisbury University. And when I first got there to Salisbury, uh, both the baseball and the football team had been struggling. So just you know, focusing on the small things, we can become a football school. I really truly believe it. When I first was coming here, people were like, hey, why are you going there? You know, those guys, X, Y, Z, you're not gonna be able to do this, this, and this. And I'm like, hey, hold that thought, because when we do turn it around, you remember that you told me this place couldn't be turned around. Okay, so I actually was excited about it. It was a challenge. I kind of was looking forward to being in a, a new challenge. When I first got to Cambridge, 
hey, they said, you'll never win again. It's over. You had your run. Now it's Queen Anne's, Ken Island, everybody else's turn, Snow Hill, so on and so forth. And we were able to kind of get that thing back going. And believe me, Mark will tell you, Cambridge was down for about eight years there. Mm -hmm. Wow. And that, it, long, that long. It, well, maybe not eight, maybe six or seven, but it was down. Yeah. Yeah. It's you know when when Cambridge starts losing, all right, I'll tell you what, when Bob you all remember you remember Bob Kinnaman? Yep. All right, Bob Kinnaman was like, hey, when Cambridge starts losing the Colonel, no offense to people in Colonel, but when Cambridge starts losing the Colonel, okay, it's time for a change. Yeah, and Bob Bob said that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, and so we had fallen back that far, uh, and uh, it was tough. I mean Washington and. And other schools were, were giving us some issues and whatnot. And uh, but there were some there were some good Colonel teams. There were some good Washington teams at the time. And and it, but my point is is it's a similar situation. You there was an expectation at yeah. Cambridge, yeah. And, and you developed that by winning. Right. And I and right. I think Bob right. Knox, you know, with his winning when he was winning here, right. There was an expectation, and then things started going south. Right, and and they always do, you know. Look, I mean, you can Everybody look across it. the yeah, exactly. North Carolina's been down. Yeah, yeah. you know, Queen Anne's has been down. Uh, Ken Island's kind of a new, and they have experience being down, but they were really down when they first started. Right. And, and you know, every school has been down uh, for the most part. So it goes in cycles. So I'm just a believer that hey, if I do things the right way, if I can get great coaches out here, which we've been able to do. If I can get kids with a year-round mentality, then we'll hopefully be able to get things turned around. Well, let me use a word, leverage. You've got the school in Berlin. Ocean City is just miles to the east. It's beautiful. Water, beach, beautiful homes. The area has some folks that have some money as well that have been very generous in giving to nonprofits and supporting the community. The ability to leverage the area to bring in coaches and the money in the area that to me is the opportunity for Stephen Decatur. Tell me, I mean, am I wrong? No, yeah. I, it's no question. Like if I was sitting here and you were a coach, or you were a parent thinking about moving into this area, you know, obviously, first thing I would start with, I say, hey, go look on a website called SchoolDigger.com, and on that website, you can look at an honest evaluation and see exactly what each school looks like. Okay anywhere and if you look in Worcester County you can't find a better county and a better school system than here in Worcester County we have more four and five star schools than any other at least on the shore uh, our schools have been blue ribbon rated and which is a very very hard distinction to get and obviously we have a, uh, a population here that has a huge uh, it's a very it's a taxable a huge taxable base of income so we have a lot of people who who own property here but don't live here so what that means is if we have a hundred people that live here and pay taxes or have property here only about 50 of them live here so the money for the hundred can get split up amongst the 50 so what we have is we have very well-funded schools very well-paid teachers very well-funded community events and and everything and there's a lot of money coming in obviously to the area so in a combination with that and plus there's a want to starting at the very very top 
with Mr. Taylor that wants to be successful as successful as humanly possible you know for his entire school system and every single school so when you have those you know factors well it's not the worst situation to get involved in and it's one of the reasons why i'm here well and, and mark you tell me if i'm wrong i mean jake would know as well is that name any other superintendent on the shore that's a former football player that also has a na- stadium named after him I don't know that there. I don't know that there is. No. So I mean, you talk about because hey, it does start at the top. If you don't have that support at the top, then you're not going to go anywhere. You're not. You're not. And you know, and, and there were there were issues there. You know, when I was at Cambridge, that it was it was tough. You know, when when there was multiple superintendents and multiple principals. I think we had nine. You know, in my tenure there, it's just hard. It's hard. Every if you want to win, like we all want to win, and we want to win at the highest level. We want to win championships. We want to win. You know, we want to give the kids a great experience. I was fortunate enough to play on two state championships as a player. I want to give that to the kids. You know, I want to give them that experience. And if you don't have it all the way at the top and all and running through the whole program, well, as a football coach you're going to run into about five schools in your division that do. And, you, and it's going to be very hard to beat them unless you got NFL talented guys on your roster. And sometimes you need multiple. So uh, it, it's hard. It's hard. So, yeah, there's a lot of things that attracted me here to this area. You know, one of the biggest factors is, you know, we're some of the highest paid teachers in the state. You know, there was a piece of me that was at Cambridge and, you know, it's it's hard when you're the lowest paid coach in the conference and then you go out there and you're beating people and, and I go play, you know, some school with a first-year head coach and he makes three times more than me. That's hard, especially when you're working year-round. You're working those summer. You're not getting paid during the summer to work with the kids. You're not working an extra job. You're giving every your heart, your soul to the community and to the team and you can barely pay your bills and you're halfway through your career and then you start wondering well, what's retirement going to look like and so on and so forth so all of these to be you know candid all of them are factors and 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 why it was a good situation for me here sports have an impressive host of social academic and physical benefits for teenagers Despite these benefits, research shows that teen athletes are at a higher risk than non-athletes for certain negative behaviors. Experts believe the social culture for certain team sports influence participants to drink. Now is the time to take a step back and recognize that athletes are human beings above anything else, and their mental health and substance use must be addressed in a positive and understanding way. Through listening and validating, you can help create a safe space for your student to talk openly about the risks of substance use and abuse. Create a judgment-free space for your child to share their feelings and their thoughts. Ask questions in regards to substance use. If you suspect your child is consuming alcohol or other substances, reach out for help. For All Seasons is a community resource offering therapy and psychiatry to children, adults, and families. Call 410-822-1018 for more information. This Mental Health Minute has been brought to you by For All Seasons, the Behavioral Health and Rape Crisis Center of the Midshore. Queenstown Bank combines traditional community banking with the conveniences of modern banking technology. Visit their branches in Queenstown, Easton, Chester, Graysonville, Stevensville, Centerville, Churchill, Ridgely, and a loan production office in Cambridge. Queenstown Bank. Member FDIC, an equal housing lender.
timeout with Shore Sports, Mark Potter, Mike Bradley, and the coach Jake Coleman continuing this conversation. And coach, coming up here in a minute, I want to talk about coaches' pay, not only with you, but across the whole Bayside and the state of Maryland. But Mike, you had something else you wanted to add. Well, and this goes along to what we were talking about with leveraging and then also talking about having the support at the top and all that. But I see someone in you, Jake, that sees the big picture. You get it, not just, okay, I'm just coaching my team. I've got to play ABC team this week, and that's it. I see a guy that sees, hey, I've got to get in the community. i got to get people interested. I need to get funded. I need to uh, make sure that our games are videoed right, that we have PR, that we've got helmets and pads and good uniforms and the whole nine yards. Where do you get the – and, and you've always said, look, you got to adapt, you got to change, you can't stay in your ways. Where do you get all that from – and then secondly, why do some coaches not get that? Well, there's a there's a there's something inside of me, okay, that I hate to lose more than I like to win. Okay. We've heard that before. Yeah. Brian Sofanowski's. <laughs> so it's hard for me to do something and not do it all the way. And if I was in a situation where I couldn't do it all the way. I feel like it's not the right situation for me. And so, you know, attacking every single aspect of how can I make the program better, well, that's just, in my opinion, that's just the way you do it. And if you're not doing it that way, you should or you shouldn't do it. And and that, that goes across the board in every single sport. Where did you learn that from, though? Well, I mean, I, I played for nothing but great coaches. And so, I mean, I, I guess I picked it up somewhere, you know, from Doug, somewhere from uh, my grandfather, and, and, and certainly amongst all the great coaches that I've been a part of. I was lucky enough to have Al Thomas be on uh, the coaching staff when I was in high school. Al Thomas won the most state championships of anybody in state history. Uh, I had a great coach in Phil Johnson, uh, Dave Bromwell, who's now the superintendent in Dorchester County, uh, Sherman Wood, Rob this Bennett. So I've, I've kind of had some good examples. You know, and I, I think you bring up, you, we talked about your grandfather, you know, a little while ago uh, in, in the previous, in last week's episode. I, I think you learn a lot of things from the people that you either play for or your grandfather. For instance, you know, you have your uh, James McCormick. He played for his dad. He, right. You know, his dad right. was a coach. And, and I think these are important factors but which leads me to this when you're talking about pay all right yeah you're getting paid more down here in Decatur than you were at Cambridge South Dorchester as a former coach the pay you you don't coach for the pay there's no doubt about it but what can schools do to make because right now they're they're having trouble retaining teachers and getting teachers to coach Right. In a lot of schools across the whole baseline, well, let, me, let, me, let me let you in on a secret, okay? People who get you to buy that you don't coach and teach for the pay usually are getting paid, okay? So I got to pay my bills. I got to be able to take care of my kids. Hey, I'm taking care of all your kids. Can I at least be able to take care of my kids? You know, so that type of stuff don't fly real far with me. Because I've been in a school system where they, you don't get the teachers and coaches ain't getting paid, but they keep hiring 20 million more supervisors who are really getting paid. 
So somebody's getting paid, Mark. Okay? So, you know, coaches need to get paid. You know, you can't have – you cannot have coaches out here working on the 1985's work scale. Right. Okay? Why? Because when the unions go, they only look at the teach. sorry, the, yeah, the teachers. They, they completely neglect the coaches. If, if the salaries don't raise with the taxable income and with the teacher scale and with the administrator scale, then you start to get – an unbalanced system and that's what you got in a lot of places right you know and 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 look i ain't telling you anything that dorchester county doesn't know that's why they're looking forward to the Kerwin. right the Kerwin commission with all the money that's going to come in they need money to attract good teachers period but then that also has to spill over into coaching as you may mention because they're such an important part of these kids lives too outside of the classroom right look you know, look, I look, I have, I'm idealistic too. Okay, yeah, you don't coach, you know, for the money, but I gotta be able to pay my bills. Yeah. Right. And you do have a retirement that you'd like to. Yeah, think I got, I gotta go ahead. Yeah. I can't go ahead and retire from teaching, and then have to go work at Walmart. Not nothing against people that gotta work at Walmart, right. but you gotta go ahead and look. There's people. Everybody's getting paid. Okay. Just are they paying the right? Ones. They gotta start paying the people that are on the front lines. You know, I'm sitting there as a coach and as a teacher, and I'm making real differences, and I don't need 10 supervisors above me telling me the same regurgitated thing every three years to do, and most of the supervisors spent very little time in the classroom because they weren't very good teachers in a lot of instances. And that's the truth. Right. Okay? So I can't. I ain't buying that, hey, you don't, you don't coach for the pay. Well, you know what? They paid you. If I, I ain't volunteering, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. and 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 we got to be paid. I can't bring qual. I can't get Joe Blow to 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 work and coach with me, who's a really good coach, you know, because he's got he's got bills to pay too, you know. I need to be able to pay him to bring him in to help me coach. So I, I don't mean to. I, I'm I'm passionate about this because what is done to teachers and what is done to coaches in many of our communities is robbery it's yeah. robbery and, and you know it, every every school system handles their coaches differently i know in carolina we were allowed three coaches three paid coaches that's what you got you know um football was allowed a couple of more but like in queen Anne's, they were allowed a certain number of coaches and then the uh, the booster club gave a little extra money to some of the other systems. Well, so it wasn't got, like that in Dorchester. But, and you couldn't do it in Carolina We're sitting either. there. We're the lowest paid teachers or lowest paid coaches when I was in Dorchester. We're all sitting there putting $500, $800 into a kitty. And then we're taking that and then splitting it amongst our other coaches who are unpaid just so everybody has a little something, a little bit of Christmas money. Right. Okay. Right. So you know you're making thirteen hundred bucks as the head coach at Cambridge, and whoa, then you whoa, whoa, is that what it was for football? And you and you're sitting wow. there, you make you're making thirteen hundred bucks. You're turning around, putting five to eight hundred dollars in the kitty. You go ask Melanie Coleman how fair it is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Then I'm sitting there come Christmas time, and I gotta buy Christmas presents on a credit card. Right. Okay. Because of uh, of that, and it ain't right. No. It ain't right. No, and, it, and and the people that sit there and they overlook it every single year, the only reason they overlook it is because it don't touch them. 
True. That's it. Because as soon as their pockets start getting touched and they have the ability to change it, they change it. But they don't change it when it ain't involving them. How can we change it? Well, I think you answer a lot of that. You go, no, <laughs> your representatives have to go ahead and address the coach's pay. But they go ahead and they say, oh, well, the coach's pay will be on the docket. So it's on the docket, no negotiations. And the first time in any negotiations, there's going to be a give, there's going to be a take. Well, guess what the first thing that's offered, that's taken off the table is? Coach's pay, take it off the table, we'll table it next year. Next year, same thing. Next year, same thing. Next year, same thing. Come on, man. Well, and that's where it takes, as you talked about, Jake, the commitment from the top. You've got, again, a superintendent in this county that cares, that wants to wants to win, wants to bring back the glory to Decatur, and wants to make sure that athletics thrive. And they, there's a way, there's a, there's a will, there's a way, and they, they have the resources and are making sure that they do that. And yeah. the Snow Hill. Yes, correct. Not to leave out the Eagles. Yeah. And, and, yeah. They, and, and they, you know, Mr. Taylor, he understands that. And, and look, it's not, this is, this is not, don't anybody listen to this and think that this is, you know, um, a shot at Dave Bromwell. Right. Okay. Because he's doing the best he can there. This and, is a Bayside wide thing we're yeah, talking about. Yeah. Yeah. And this, I'm sure this happens all across the country. Yeah. Right this uh, is an issue for every county outside Worcester. <laughs> and yeah, and and then you have county councils like you take Dorchester, for instance. Superintendent's going to take the proposal, you know, to county council, and and then they're going to shoot it down, and they're going to say, hey, go redo it, and then they got to go negotiations and then. And the bottom line is, the teachers are leaving these schools at 20 teachers a clip, or per school, and you're constantly having to go out find new teachers, find new teachers. Well, it's the same old problem. And, and, and that's where hopefully the Kerwin thing will step in and be able to help out and improve uh, teacher pay to make it more competitive. Otherwise, well, they're looking uh, to try to keep teachers in the classroom instead yeah. of going to be administrators. That's a part of it, too. Right. That Senator Croza told me about because you need them on the ground. You need them there instead of going to administrative role where you lose the good teacher in the classroom. Well, and that's what happens. The good teacher in the classroom says, you know what? I either got to leave this county right, because of the money or I got to go be an administrator. Right. Right. And it, and so they go become an administrator, right. which and hurts the kids. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Well, well, to that end, Jake. I mean, you've been able to assemble, and and I don't know all the backgrounds of what they're all doing, and I don't know how many are teaching in the school and how many aren't, et cetera. But talk about how you've been able to assemble your assistant coaching staff because you've been able to put together one of the better assistant coaching staffs in the state. And again, we talk about leveraging what you have, seeing the big picture. You've been able to do a heck of a job with that. Well, the community is the first advantage, okay? I, you know, when you got a retired, when you got a Hall of Fame coach like Jeff Herrick just living in Ocean Pines because he's retired, well, that's an so advantage. you went and found him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, you, you have you have some advantages. You got you you got a place where you know a young up and coming coach he might have a fiance that would like to live at the beach, so he wants to you know they want to live over here. So there's some advantages that you don't have in other areas, but sure. the pay here including the coaches has always progressed along with the teachers and because of the taxable income you're able to continue to get those two and three percent raises and it's really created such a competitive disadvantage you know it's like Worcester County is like the SEC right. you know what I mean <laughs> as far as the advantages that they have you know and, and some other counties you know like the Atlantic or something you know it's like it's just it's 
it's too big a difference. Not now. the ACC, the Atlantic 10. Yeah. 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 <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> there yeah, is yeah. a difference. Talk with Jake Coleman. There's wow. a horse behind you, by the way. Yeah, I know. I, that, <laughs> yeah. That's where he's pointing out. He I wasn't know. trying to be brutal earlier. No, I was like, I, oh, yeah, it's a big horse. I know, and it was uh, – yeah, it's always good that we're out here on the Isle of Wright Bay, loving life as uh, we do have the horses uh, real close to us on the banks of the Assateague, which is so cool. And uh, we're, we're really enjoying this opportunity. Yeah. We'll take a quick break so we can take a picture with the horse and we'll be right back on Time Out with Shore Sports presented by Preston Ford. <laughs> This portion of the Time Out with Shore Sports podcast is brought to you by For All Seasons Behavioral Health and Rape Crisis Center, providing outpatient mental health, psychiatric, education, and rape crisis services to the English and Spanish-speaking communities regardless of one's ability to pay. More info at forallseasonsinc.org. With a horse looking on, having a great conversation with Jake Coleman, and very passionate, and, and I love the fact that we're talking about the coaches and their pay. And We said we didn't know where this was going to go. Yeah, yeah. And, and, it's good. Yeah, and, you know, we're finding more and more out. Um, obviously, you're much better off financially here for you and your family down here at the beach in Worcester County. You know, better teacher pay, better uh, coaching pay, of course. But you also you can look. There's counties across the Bayside hiring teachers, and they're always hiring teachers. And there's a reason why you got to keep – hiring teachers and I think you touched on it yeah. a little bit ago little known fact Worcester County is the only school that has absolutely every teaching position already filled wow already filled by wow. in, in, in July already filled that speaks volumes you know yeah. and so it's very it's very competitive to come down and get a teaching job here and it, you know hey we don't teach for the pay, but somebody's teaching for the pay because they're coming here. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> no I just don't do radio for the pay. Well, yeah. <laughs> Jake has to check to make sure our anchors are still in as yeah. we are we're, we're drifting a up. A bobbing and weaving a little yeah, bit here. We're, we're drifting up on the banks of Assateague now. Yeah, right. But yeah. let's talk about your family. You'd, you'd mentioned Melanie, your wife, and uh, and how many kids do you have? Well, three that I know about. Okay. All right. No. Well, we'll leave it at that. No, I got three boys. <laughs> three boys. And uh, one of them was in high school uh, when you were at Cambridge South Dorchester. And no, I, he, I don't. I never had a high school student. Okay. He was about to be in high yeah, school. Yeah, he was a middle schooler. And that's when you gave up coaching football at mm -hmm. Cambridge South Dorchester because you didn't want to coach him. You wanted to be able to watch him. Well, I got to the point where – you know, my wife looked at me one day and she was like, listen, I don't care if you do this anymore, but I need you. You got to coach him. And uh, so I was like, OK. And at that point in time, I think I coached a year. And it was one of those things that, to be fair, I was at practice and 530 was rolling around. And I started looking at my watch for the last half hour of practice. And I was really wanting to get over to my son's practice. So I felt a little bit torn and, you know, Gavin and Eric and, and all the guys, BH and all of them that were there, they were great about it. They never, you know, they didn't bat an eye. They took control. They were great. But I felt a little bit torn. And and it was just one of them things. And, of course, Dwayne, Mr. App, Dr. App got the job up here. And I just I knew there was a transition coming. And I, I needed to, I wanted to make sure that I left Cambridge in the best situation I could and got those guys ready, 
you know, I just didn't want to say, hey, I'm gone and, and whatnot. So uh, that was it was a slow transition, uh, but it was a transition. And it was one that I was trying to keep everybody up to date on and 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 certainly going and coaching my son. You know, I, I did feel like I was maybe doing a little bit of a disservice to the kids because my attention wasn't 100 percent on them. It was on them and everything. But I was I was missing the last 15, 20 minutes of practice because I was going over to their to his practice. And Jake, uh, radio and Mark, we, we can all talk about this. Radio and coaching are a lot alike in terms of the time sacrifice and needing, you know, if, if you're married, needing spouses to support you because you talk about it being a year-round job. And, you know, even in the summertime when you think about vacations and so on and so forth, you know, talk about the support that you've gotten from your wife. And was there ever a point where you thought about, you know what, I, I just can't do this anymore. It, it's too much for the family. I may need to step away in order to, to keep this together for the betterment of the family and my marriage and my raising my kids. Well, I really threw myself into coaching to such a degree that, you know, when I when I first met my wife, I was 220 pounds with about 6% body fat. And then when I started coaching, I really, you know, I started, I was eating the same way and I was, st I stopped exercising. And when I go to the gym, I'd be working with kids. And, you know, over the course of, you know, my tenure at Cambridge, you know, my weight ballooned up, you know, to 350-some pounds. And uh, it was taking a toll on my health, and it was very, very hard. It's hard when you're not healthy. It's hard when, you know, you know we were struggling. So I had a lot of those, you know, those old feelings that were kind of coming back. And, and I, if my wife wasn't so supportive, I would have never been able to, to be uh, the coach I was at Cambridge. It wouldn't even have been close. Um, I don't know why she stuck with me. And uh, a lot of times she took um, all the mom and the dad duties and was running around all the time. You know, she was coaching summer swim and coaching winter yeah. or coaching high school swimming. You both were doing it, yeah. Yeah, yeah she was doing it. I mean, it's just, it's unbelievable. And so, you know, it, it's going to be really hard if you want to be a head coach and you're listening. If you don't have the right husband or wife. Support system. Yeah. You are fighting a losing battle. Mm -hmm. And you better make sure that before you take that head coaching job that whoever you're with understands exactly what it's going to take, you know. but It's not two hours a day, that's for sure. No, it's not. Yeah. You're going to come home. It's going to be dinner time. You're going to be answering texts. You're going to be answering phone calls. You're going to get calls late at night. You're going to have drama. You're going to have stress. Your, 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 your significant other is going to have to want to listen to you talk about all that crap. That's true. That's and, very and, true. And, and talking about the same <laughs> yeah. thing all the time. Yep. And, and then God bless you when you get into the season. And all you're doing is talking about how do we stop James McCormick's wing T offense. <laughs> you know, James McCormick's wing yeah. T offense is, and, and – uh, and some of these other coaches, they have probably created a lot of divorces. They don't even know. <laughs> and broken a lot of guys up. But, yeah, yeah it's tough. I, I couldn't do it without Mel and without her support. And, uh, and, and then additionally, when I was able to step back from coaching, I was able to focus on my diet. I was able to focus on exercising. And, you know, in the course of about two years, I was able to lose 120 pounds. Again, all the credit to my wife. She was the one waking up <coughs> early in the morning, juicing the fruits and vegetables so that I would have them in my hand to set me up for success. She was making the protein balls, and, and 
she was sitting there uh even though she's always been physically active and and you know and and been in great shape she was uh eating great so that i would eat great and we were splitting meals and everything else so i'm just look man that's another reason why i say i'm lucky okay we talked about all the people that helped me out along the way she's one of the biggest uh factors too when you look back over because you sitting here talking about that makes me think back to you know as my kids are getting ready to go off to college here uh my daughter just taking her today in fact and you think back to the time when your kids came to the sports that you coach whether it was a baseball game whether it was a football game yeah i remember for me personally when i finished coaching that jv football game win or lose you turn around and here come the kids yeah you know and then and, and the wife was right right with them of course and at that moment winning or losing didn't matter right i mean you had to you know feel that talk a little bit about life as a coach as a dad it's tough you know I tried to after every single game I tried to have not just my sons but all the coaches sons come out on the field and we throw the football around you know that's why sometimes I'd be late or leave early from interviews and I'd want to make sure I got down there and I played with the kids a little bit and uh, and I think it's one of the reasons why my son you know my oldest son and my youngest son, they both, they just love the game of football. It's all they talk about, football, football, football. And it's because they, you know, they kind of have grown up. It's osmosis. You know, they've grown up around it and whatnot. And, uh, well, now one of them's winning and losing with you, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that was, spe- you know, that was special last year. Yeah. Um, you know, my dad, obviously, we talked before in the last one. You know, my dad passed away January 25th. And then all of a sudden I got to get ready to, you know, coaching a football season, and I'm not emotionally like, and my head is not there. And I remember having a discussion with my son, and you know, he was he just upset because he's like, you know, Papa never got to see me play high school sports, right. and you know, that's tough. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, I'm like, look, he's watching. He's still here. He's not dead, and he's gonna be. You know, he's gonna be there. You know at those games and uh, he's like he's like i'm gonna score a touchdown in my first varsity game for for my grandfather or for pop pop and i'm like i'm like okay but then i'm like i'm like you know bryce you know you know if you don't score a touchdown like it's okay and you know i'm trying to you know no you're, no you're thinking back to your conversation with coach brian femi yeah. You know, it, when you're planning your grandfather's yeah. tournament. Yeah. And he's like, he's like, no. He's like, I'm going to score a touchdown. You know, and he goes out there in that first game against Parkside, and he had 300 yards receiving in his first game on varsity and three touchdowns. And it was unbelievable. And, and you know, we had a big um, – at that time, you know, it was an upset win over Parkside. And, you know, it, it was just so much emotion. You know, I remember when Andy passed away – the kid I was telling you about yep. way back in one of my first couple of years coaching, mm-hmm. just how locked in and motivated everybody was. And and then as a player, when Phil Johnson, my, my defensive coordinator, he passed away going into my junior year. And we were so motivated going, you know, into that year. And it, it's really the kind of the same thing. Like he was in, like locked in. And, and I was actually just nervous that I didn't want him to – overdo it you know what i mean 
And, uh, you know, he told me, he said, hey, if I get the ball, I ain't nobody stopping me. And I was like, okay. And, you know, he called a ball, and I was like, they ain't tackling him today. And, uh, you know, he shot up the sideline. It was just kind of one of those moments. And, of course, you know, you win a game, and it's a great thing. And then Trayvon Miles is sticking a microphone in your face yep. right after Remember that over. interview. Yeah. 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 And it's emotional, you yeah. know what I mean? Because, you know, dude, my heart's black. It's right. dark. It's It's right. been broken. Right. You know what I mean? Football this se- this spring season, you know, it, it, it saved me in a lot of ways. Right. Being able to watch my son go out there and play and and, and and do that in honor of my dad, it helped out. But just the same, you know, Bryson got hurt towards the end of the year, and that was tough to deal with too and everything. So, you know, we kind of got through that. So it's tough. It's tough, you know, having, you know, coaching your son. I hate to talk about him. I've actually talked more about him right now than I usually do ever, and people will tell you that. And it's only because we asked about him. Well, he got me on the boat and everything. <laughs> yeah. and, but, it's kind uh, of the whole idea, Coach. Well, yeah. Was it difficult during the game to keep your emotions in check, seeing him and the success he's had and dealing with the loss of your dad? Was that tough to do then? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was. I remember having to kind of walk away from everybody. It was weird. You know, it's like coaching. It's a weird thing to be in, man. It's a weird thing. You're coaching. You're trying to stay in the moment. But then you, you're still – like really in the moment and this is like you know uh, you can feel your like my dad he's dead like in the physical but you feel him but he's not like he's still here spiritually yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. he i mean like he's here like you, you think i'm crazy like he's still around us and you can feel it you can feel it you know yeah i was dealing with that like i knew he was right there with me you know watching him and uh so it's it was tough so yeah and look I know some I know some young coach out there is going to look at my son just like my dumb butt did you know when Matt Matt's son came up and came through at Easton and different coaches that you play against their son comes up comes through you don't really understand what's happening you know this is not just a kid who's playing this is a kid whose dad has sacrificed everything most of the time putting that football team over them and their family, and their brothers and sisters, and so on. There's coaches in this conference who have lost their marriage, you know, for for coaching. And yeah, you can go out there and you can go at him. And if you if you do or you say anything that you don't have the balls to say to me, but you're gonna say it to him, okay. He 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 can handle himself on his own, but it just tells me a lot about you. And uh, so it's tough, you know, when you're coaching your son because you're like, hey, is somebody going to be out there? And can he just be a player? Instead of coach his son. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's all you really want. You just want him to have the experience. Hell, there's a piece of it don't want to coach him. You know, I'd rather be be in the stands watching him. I do everything I can to make sure that everything that happens to him you know, he does on his own. I make sure not to give him nothing because I don't want him to ever have that doubt that he was given something. And I think that's the only time that you run into trouble with a coach and a coach's son is when when you're giving him something he don't deserve. So I understand that, and I don't want him to ever think that he got something he didn't deserve. So, 
you know, I kind of make it hard on him, and uh, and it actually has made him better a little bit. So, and he understands it too. We talk about these things. He knows that, you know, and he had it. In the, he had it in the first couple of games. Some guys said something to him, but he likes it. He likes the trash. He's like me. I love it. Please talk trash to me, please. <laughs> Please, you're just going to get my best out of me. You would think after that first game there wouldn't be people saying much of anything. <laughs> well, I mean, you all yeah. it don't matter who yeah. you are. Everybody's yeah. going to going to come at you yeah. and stuff. I mean, I got young coaches that talk smack to me and stuff. <laughs> um, you know, I, I sat there. I had some guy yeah. yelling at me from the sideline because uh, he ain't been around long enough to know that all this stuff, you know, you're going to have the Johnnies and then, then you ain't. And then when you don't, how are you going to handle it right. and stuff? So, yeah. you know, I had some, you know, we you, you, somebody beat you, and they think that they have somehow arrived and that they're somehow better than you because they got you that one time and everything. And it's kind of comical to me once you've been around the block a few times. I call them new money. You know, a guy, a guy who's just getting success right out, you know, a little bit, and they, they can't handle it, whether it's a new coach or, or even a new player or stuff. I just, you know, I tell, I, I make, I laugh at it. I, I mean, I literally take a lot of pleasure in seeing them act immature and uh, just act like new money. No, your time is coming. <laughs> Talk with Jake Coleman here on Time Out with the Shore Sports. Yeah. We'll continue this conversation coming up. This portion of the Time Out with Shore Sports podcast is brought to you by Midshore Exteriors. Handling your roofing, siding, and gutter needs across the shore. Every detail matters, so let the Master Elite GAF certified and shingle master roofers take care of your home or business today. More info at MidshoreExteriors.com. New money. That's that's the name of our uh, next boat. Yeah, new I money. I love it. I love it. Well, are, are we going to get the WMO in a couple <laughs> weeks to win that new money? No, we won't, we won't be getting in <laughs> We that. need a lot of money just to get into the WMO. We'll so. talk to uh, yeah. Coach Coleman yeah. about the WMO coming up. That's yeah. the White Marlin Open. But, Coach, I want to go back. We were just talking about you coaching your son. Mm -hmm. And while you were talking about him, it, the conversation we had on last week's podcast about you and your dad and the conversation that – that your dad went in to your college dorm and had the conversation you knew when he left that he was upset with you. And here just a few minutes ago we were talking about how you he's still here. Yeah. Before he passed, did you ever have a conversation with him about that day and what him coming to your dorm meant to you? And what it did for you, or was that just something that was a, a given and never need, never needed to be spoken? I, you know, we talked about it. We talked about a lot of things. You know, um, he uh, he was just a uh, he was a e very easy person to talk to, and uh, he never forced conversation on you. Like he would never say, "Hey, if it wasn't for me in this moment." You would have never, he would have never done that. Right. And stuff. But, yeah, I told him how much I appreciate him. And, and you know, he knew. You know, he knew. But it was like, you know, like that was what it is. He give it, you know, his, I was his, uh, I was his world and, and, and my, my sons and, you know, my family. That, that was his world and whatnot. Right. So, yes, we did talk about it. Go ahead, Mark. And, and. 
you strove, you, you always strive, much like I did, because this was something I struggled with for years. I, when I worked with MRN Radio and a turn announcer, my proudest moment was when my dad showed up at Milwaukee at the Milwaukee Mile and listened to the broadcast with me as a turn announcer in turn three at the Milwaukee Mile. And when I was done, he said, you did a nice job there. I'm proud of you. And for me, that was like you could have just I was walking on top of the world because I think for a father son relationship, that's what you strive for. And I only bring this up because do you think like with your son when he had that game in the first the very first game after your dad had passed? Do you think that he already knew? I'm sure you told him you were proud of him, but. Do you think he already knew? Hey, I did. My dad has got to be proud because we did this for for my grandfather. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I he's uh he's a different type. Of, he 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 would never come up to me and be like, Hey, Dad, are you proud? Or you know, Dad, make you proud? Or he we would never ne- asked. Right. That. He yeah. would, he wouldn't say that. He'd come up to me and it, it like you know, kind of like with a cocky smirk, and be like, I told you. <laughs> and I'm like, Yeah, you did. And that's all that has to be said. Yeah. yeah. And uh, you know, he's uh, he he he. I told him. Um, I said, look, man. You know, we've had we've had a few colleges that have reached out. You know, and and he's had uh, you know he's had some nice attention and stuff, and mm-hmm. and he's he had some success. And I said, look, I just want to let you know, like, it don't like you don't have to do anything else, like ever like i'm so proud that you're my son yeah he's like i know and i'm like no do you mean do you know though like you know you don't have to play in the nfl you don't have to play you know college football you don't have to do these things and stuff you know and he was like oh i know and uh he's like but that's what i'm I'm gonna do and you're like well you know you don't you know i'm like it's okay yeah (laughs) he's so it's it's a weird, it's a weird situation and stuff. He's, he's, he was a very driven kid ever since you know he was very, very young. Did you guys share a moment though on the way home from that first game? Um, and the car ride, or did you guys drive together, or sing kumbaya yeah, well, something? Yeah. I drove to the game by myself. Okay. That day. And I did that on purpose because I, I was emotional. A, a mental marshmallow. Going to the game, I was emotional. Mm-hmm. Um, just thinking about my dad, because right. he would have been there, mm-hmm. and knowing that he wasn't there, knowing that my mom wasn't allowed to be there because of COVID. Right. Those, knowing that I wasn't sure Parkside was going to stream the game so she could see it. My wife wasn't going to be there. Obviously, my dad died. I it was a very lonely feeling that first game, for me personally, not having that support system there. And it was a weird night. And then I drove back home, and as I drove back home, I just uh, thank God for the moment, appreciative of it. And I just talked to my dad. 
as I drove home. And uh, I never had to talk to, to my son after the game was over about it because it didn't need nothing needed to be said, you know, other than him saying, I told you. Mm-hmm. And I said, I know. And everything. So, you know, yeah. Yeah, it's it, it's a uh, it's crazy, it's crazy. It's been a it's been an emotional roller coaster uh, this year already. I'm hoping that my son's uh, next three years aren't as emotional. <laughs> when we talk about people in your life, and I know you've co- you've coached and had some really good assistant coaches. You've got a good staff now, and then you've had good coaches that you played under. I'm curious with you because you talk about baseball, but you played football as well. Tell us what position, but also. You know, and again, talking about adapting and and progressing and all that, you know, I think of Jake Coleman, offensive guy. So who are some of your influences and talk about that side of the ball and how involved you get during a game now, especially with such a good staff behind you as well? Well, I played tight end in high school. You know, obviously we were were a triple option and a little bit of a convergence of of the pro I triple option. Uh, much like you saw, like a little bit of like what Nebraska used to run mm-hmm. way back in the day, and uh, and and also run and shoot, because um, we had a little bit of that still left over, because uh, Coach Fleetwood had run that with his son Ryan uh, prior to. Mm-hmm. So um, that's a system we came from, and you know I just I really understood what Coach Fleetwood was trying to accomplish. I started to understand, you know, defenses and and how we blocked everything and when we had a man up and so on and so forth I started to understand option football so you know I think having that option football base really gave me a, a great advantage and then of course I went to Salisbury and uh, and played in a in a similar offense and then played in the flex bone which is like the Navy style triple option but then I got back to high school and I realized that I can't run the flex bone because I can't cut block like we can on the perimeter at the collegiate level and it just made a lot of it just made a lot of things tough, and uh, and 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 the other thing was is you know we weren't good enough and I wasn't good enough to coach it at that time, and of course then you know we had the 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 kid Taylor Henry come in, and that was right about the time like Rich Rodriguez was like blowing up at West Virginia, and and he was uh, at Clemson before that as yeah. the OC I think yeah yeah, yeah. and so yeah. I really started getting getting interested in that and then we uh converged into more of a rocket style uh because i felt like it would fit our personnel i've always been a person that felt like i shouldn't adapt kids into my system i should adapt my system to my kids but that's something i think had to be learned and it had to be learned from failure and that that failure the first couple years where i was trying to really force like a circle into a square block and I, uh, I, that's why I learned it, I think. And, uh, and then obviously, um, you know, down here, uh, you know, we, we have a lot of air raid influence. Um, you know, Russell Croto, my offensive coordinator, who, you know, Russell was with me for just a brief stint at Cambridge and then left to be a head coach at St. Mary's and then found himself back over at Easton. And, of course, before me, he was at Bladensburg and, and a few other schools, and uh, and then I watched him take Easton and really um, take uh, a bottom dweller for a while there, and he, you know, started introducing the air raid 
and he did a great job and all of a sudden they came into a consistent winner and they were running a style that was very appealing to the kids and just you know you watch college football continue to evolve and you watch high school football continue to evolve uh you're you're from over around Anne Arundel County Anne Arundel County used to have all wing T teams literally every team was a wing T team I know this because Jeff Herrick told me and now you go there and almost everybody's a spread team or an air raid team or or you know most of them are and and you start seeing that amongst a lot of uh schools and divisions and places and, and then you look over into delaware and you see uh, Smyrna and middleton middletown and dover and everybody's going to a more up-tempo style of offense so i'm i'm a somebody who obviously tries to adapt kids to our to 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 their strengths but I'm also somebody that kind of like I, I'm a, I'm a, I study the game, and so I'm, I'm seeing these trends. And, and I do believe that you're going to see the Bayside Conference over the next five years. I, saw, I think you're going to start seeing over half the teams be up-tempo, no-huddle passing teams and really start to understand how to do it. Um, McCormick will be retired, I guess, from yeah. North Carolina at that point, right? It's going to take him retiring to get <laughs> yeah. that down. I was going to say, because uh, until then, that's, not, think, that's not happening. I don't think they throw yeah. passes in Carolina County. Yeah. Uh, they I do. Mean, you got a, a double-wing team, and you have Waggle. Yeah. I think and he threw 14 passes last year in yeah. one game. It was a record. That might, have been, that might have been warming up or something. But, right. but, you know, but to that point, Jake, not to interrupt, but I, and I, you, Mark, you know I may mention this quite a bit with seeing Easton and Decatur, and I'm glad that matchup ended up oh, happening. Which it wasn't initially going all to happen. Oh, Pat McGlinchey, give him all the credit. He made that happen. They were going to face, I think, Ken Allen for the third time or right. something. <laughs> and he called over, and he had contacts at Wahai because, you know, he used to be at Wahai. Right. And somehow he pulled that switch and made it happen. <laughs> and then he was even said, hey, let's go play on your turf. And it was even willing to come here, which even made it even because I think they had a few field issues in yeah. the spring at Easton. So they came over. That I, hey, that's all Pat McGlinchey there. But, but to see that, yeah. I, I had never seen it because now things are streaming. So I'm in the studio. I can watch it on video. I can take even better notes. You know, it went from getting texts and calls about scoring updates to, to Twitter and Facebook to now video streaming, helping my job. But the point being is that I have not seen Bayside football and the kind of throws and catches made the entire time I've been covering it. It was amazing to see almost overnight. And, you know, Decatur's certainly never seen that in a long time. Easton has seen a little bit of that. But it was an overnight transformation to see both of your offenses play. And it was like the Bayside just came into 2021. And I know there's more to come. Yeah, there's more to come. And I think, you know, we're not going to stop doing it right now. Uh, we have the, the coffers of quarterbacks are healthy. Uh, we're down here trying to develop quarterbacks. And in correlation with QB, a factory, we've been, you know, one uh, the guy who runs it, uh, Chris Brosha, he owns a place down here. And so he's down here all the time. So. That's another interview on a boat we got to do, Mark. So. Right. So, uh, you know, Bausha, he, what we, you know, we're trying to bring more and more attention. Of course, the Econo boys and uh, the, the Goldsboro boy have been unbelievable um, at bringing attention. Ashton Snellsire had a great year. Um, you know, we're going to have more quarterbacks, hopefully here at Decatur, following them up. Um, I know the new coach that's probably going to be at Cambridge, I know that he's planning on doing up-tempo, no huddle. Um, and so, you know, I think that you're going to continue to see these trends 
going in that direction. So you bring up that coach. We'll talk about that coming up next here on Time Out with Shore Sports. This portion of the Time Out with Shore Sports podcast is brought to you by College Placement Consulting, providing invaluable college planning and high school guidance from sophomore through senior year. Let the dedicated professionals at College Placement Consulting help your child prepare for college. Go online to schedule a no-obligation appointment now at collegeplacementconsulting.com. Welcome back. Time out with Shore Sports. Mark Potter, Mike Bradley, and the coach, Jake Coleman. And this is uh, episode number five, but uh, part two of uh, Coach Coleman. And you just mentioned the new coach at Cambridge South Dorchester. Coach Gavin DeGraw stepped down a couple of weeks ago, decided he was going to focus on being an administrator, much like he had talked about with us before. And then when uh, Al Waters had left, he came back to save the program for a year. Right. Well, yeah, he deserves a lot of credit for that. He does. You know, yeah. there's a lot of people upset that, that, that Gavin stepped down. But, hey, Gavin stepped down already for this career move. You can't be mad at him twice. Right. You know, it's not, you know, it's like double jeopardy. You know right. what I mean? You can't go to prison twice for the same crime. You know, yeah, he stepped down, but thank you, you know, Coach Parker for stepping in. Right. And when, you know, that situation happened, and he had a great season yeah. with the kids and gave them a great experience. And I don't think enough people focus on all the things that, that he did. And, look, I would have loved to see Gavin there for 20 more years. Right. Um, you know, he, he coached up under me, um, and I'm, I'm very proud uh, that he branched off of that. And uh, he, he did a great job uh, while he was there. He was very successful. And I told him, hey, I'm envious of you. You know, you were able to win a coach of the year coaching at Cambridge. That's something I was never able to do. And uh, so I, I'm very proud of him. And I want to make sure everybody understands, especially my folks in Cambridge, hey, we, you know, you be thankful for Gavin Parker. And you know what? He's going to go and he's going to be a great administrator there too. I think the higher-ups of Dorchester County knows that, that's what he wanted to do, and yeah. he, you know, he's in Dorchester. We talked about pay earlier. He's not going to get rich and provide for his family off of a football coach's salary. They go to either another school district or they become administration, and he wants to be an administrator. Well, and to that end, and you probably know this, Jake, but just recently over in Delaware, Jed Bell left Woodbridge after taking over for Ed Manlove. For a couple of successful seasons, he took an assistant principal job at Seaford Middle. And I, I said, oh, you're going to coach with Mark Quillen, aren't you? That was a – Mark Quillen got you over there, and that's a good deal. You're going to get paid, and you're going to be a defensive coordinator. He said, no, that's all administrative. That's not happening. But he left a heck of a program at Woodbridge to go to Seaford in an administrative role. So somewhat similar circumstances. Yeah, very similar. I mean, yeah. and Jeb and, and Gavin are both good friends, and I know they communicate it. I know that, you know, Jeb – talked to Gavin about how tough it was and you know I know that wasn't an easy decision at all for him because I know he has a he had a great passion for Woodbridge so the new head coach uh, out at Cambridge South Dorchester uh, he has history he's been at uh, uh, South, South Eggerstown yeah. yeah Toby Pear and uh, he's going to be the new head coach there at Cambridge South Dorchester this year I think this is something that's been in the works and uh, he's brought his staff over now I don't know what that means for Eric Ote, um, as to what's happening with him. 
uh, defensively. I haven't reached out to him yet uh, because he's been the defensive coordinator there at Cambridge for quite some time and been very impressive with what he has done there. Um, but, uh, yeah, so Toby's coming over, and I think you know him better than we do, Jake, in the fact that, you know, he's another coach from the fraternity, but he's a good teacher, and he's got a teaching family, and I know that his kid played quarterback at Frostburg before he got injured, um, and you know so. And I think his kid's coming to be a teacher and also going to be a coach as well as a part of the program. I, you know, I think it's it's obviously it's it's like bittersweet. Okay, um, you hate to see the end of you know Gavin's era, and and maybe you know some of the staff that was there with Gavin and even was there with me right tied at the hip yeah right yeah, yeah. and uh, but this th it's probably a great decision for the future the future you know I know that uh Toby's a he'll be a great head coach I know that he's bringing in a very good staff and I fully think that they're going to be very successful and the train will keep rolling you know we always say at Cambridge that tradition never graduates we always say that the program is bigger than any player or any coach, including the head coach. And I used to say that about myself as well. I know that uh, with his experience and with the staff, I know that the, the, the kids will be in good hands. Will they, and, and since you know him, we talk about history and tradition, and that's something that, Mark, I've talked to you about before, and I hope that other schools, and I'm going to ask you about this with Decatur as well, that other schools value cherish their tradition and maybe start to delve into that more and create Hall of Fames and have more banquets and honor players and coaches and all that. But to that end, is that something that you think Toby will reach out to you and others to continue what traditions you have in place there? Well, I'm sure schematically and all that, he'll have his own, his own say, obviously, but to keep the tradition of Cambridge and what you guys have been place is that something that will continue there i think so i mean i he's not, he's smart enough to to reach out and try to learn the community the same as what i've tried to do here um as far as you know you mentioned you know my relationship with him i i don't know um toby okay i'm sorry okay, okay. um I, I know of him no of him okay in the gotcha. coaching circles gotcha i know you know so i i don't want to give the misperception that that you know that <laughs> but I, you had you, anything to do with the right, hire. No, oh no no no, 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 no i didn't mean right. that no and i didn't right. mean that but i but to, to the point i i think you would said at one point that you kind of schooled gavin in a lot of ways and yeah. taking over the program and and the big picture stuff as we talked about really being the ceo yeah. of the program not just the head coach day-to-day -day x's and o's uh practice stuff that you know there's more to it than that right. and so you hope that that continues out of place like cambridge where you guys cherish and value history and tradition a lot yeah and, and you know what my hope is that gold pride continues like you know if and when i talk to toby like i i wish him nothing i hope he wins state championships there i hope all i think i hope they do great and everything um you know i think there's kind of uh there's a tradition there amongst coaches to pass it on right. you know to the next person and and always support it and uh even when you're not there continue to support it um of course you know always being a former coach anytime that there's someone new or just anytime you know people will will want to come to you and when people come to me they're going to get nothing but support for toby 
right. and everything. You because I didn't get support initially, you know, and so I you know I needed that, and so you know I, I wish him well. If uh, if he wanted to know anything, you know, he could call me, um, and you know I, I think he I think from looking at his credentials and from listening to uh, from afar of of you know him possibly bringing in you know an entire staff and stuff well that's similar to what we did here and so i think it's going to be a great situation um you know it sounds like he did a really good job uh at the last place he was at and when i've had uh some recruiters uh talk to me about you know obviously they know the relationship i have at cambridge when they've talked to me uh and, and his name has come up it's been a lot of positive comments so um uh as much as some schools are probably you know rooting for cambridge to fall off the cliff um i don't think that's going to happen i think that uh this was probably the best move but again i think it's bittersweet and i want to be fair to the guys that coached with me and it's my hope that uh that that they all find a place to coexist, talking about the new staff coming in and the old staff that was there, and and anything I can do to help that situation, I would definitely do. Have you put an envelope of uh, green stuff on Eric Odie's windshield or anything to to let him know there's an opportunity in uh, Decatur? Well, <laughs> listen, I'm in the job of hiring the best staff I can. Mm -hmm. So if I ever got an indication that I could hire Eric Ote. And if I would, you know, I'd do anything. Right. Okay. Right. Eric Otey, and his list is probably going to listen to his podcast. Eric Otey should be a head coach. Yeah. Period. Yeah. Eric Otey is a great football coach. His game plan last year for Cambridge versus Easton was a masterpiece. You can give you go ask Ryan O'Connor. Ryan, after the game, displayed his appreciation to Eric about some of the things that they were trying to do. Right. He's a great X's and O's coach. He's a better person. He's a great mentor to kids, but he's more than just a mentor to kids. You know, this is a guy who's a, a really, really, really good football coach. So if I ever had an opportunity to get Eric Ote, you're darn right, okay? <laughs> Is it the right time? No. You got to let the dust settle. And to be fair to Toby, I hope Toby does his best to bring Eric into the fold. Right. To Absolutely. put, you know, if I have one piece of advice to him, that would be it. I needed Eric Ote, and you, do, you need Eric Ote. Right. Because when I left... The one constant factor between my era and and Gavin and and, and possibly his would would be Eric Ote. Good yeah. stuff. Well, I, and I would say you know any any coach worth the salt coming into a new program needs to be wise in going through the assistants that would like to stay and say, hey, look, you know, interview them, take a look at their body of work, ask around, and if he's worthy of it, especially since this new coach is coming into a brand new conference that he doesn't know anything about, uh, with all due respect to him, good coaches take the time and don't just say, oh, we're just automatically cleaning house. Not necessarily. He's a grinder, case, man. You know? Like yeah. this is, yeah. this is a, this guy's a grinder. 
All right. Eric Ote is going to finish a game. He's going to go. He's going to evaluate. He's going to grade out all of the entire defense at every single position. And then he's going to start working on the opponent. But he's probably already done a bunch of work leading up to that moment. And he's going to know his opponent better than they even know themselves. Mm. I think the only the, the only thing that the only thing this I say is bittersweet is uh, the man needs to be a head football coach. Yeah. Okay. So this may now potentially well I'm give him that door. I'm just saying open that door for him. He needs to be a head football coach. Period. And my and I t- and I tell him that to his face. Mm. Now he may never be a head football coach, but it ain't because he wouldn't be a good one. I honestly, guys, truth think that. If he was in the conference at a majority of any of the teams, that you would see a great turnaround in a lot of those teams. Now, I think that he really, really loves Cambridge, and he loves that. You know, he loves being a Viking. We were we were blessed enough to bring him in, and he is he is you know his his roots are are tied. But this may be a good opportunity, possibly for him. To step away, you know, his his daughter is a very good softball player. Kind of enjoy that yeah, time. Yeah, he loves softball, yeah. 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 He can enjoy that time. And, you know, he may get into coaching later on and everything. But, yeah, if I had one piece of advice, man, I'd, I'd, I'd camp out on his doorstep and everything. He's a difference maker, man. He's a real difference maker. Yeah, so I'm a – yeah, so, so you know, if I ever get the sense that, that he wants to coach – you you better believe I'm gonna talk to him, and, and and he's probably one of the most loyal and best friends that you I've ever been around in my life. I mean, just a great great person. Can't say enough good things about him. But he sh- the man needs to be a head coach. I'll say it to his face. He's gonna be mad. He's gonna text me after this interview <laughs> that I said that. But he needs to be a head coach. He's an ex of those guys. Got it all. Talking about Eric Ote, the uh, defensive coordinator at Cambridge South Dorchester High School, and we don't know what Toby Pierce's new staff is going to look like. We'll be talking to him in coming weeks. This portion of the Time Out with Shore Sports podcast is brought to you by Perrett and Moy Therapy Associates, located at 460 Main Street in Stevensville. Let Rick Perrett and the staff get you back to feeling new again. Accepting most insurance policies, so step away from the pain by calling Perrett and Moy Therapy Associates at 410-604-2982. We want to close out with the 2021 high school football season, the fall season, not the 2021 spring season, the fall season that, you know, here we are on the uh, third day of August. You know, you start your practices on August 11th. Two weeks ago, Mike and I were talking, and I said that I was more excited for this football season than any other before. Are you excited about this coming football season more so than before, or is it another year? It's hard to beat that spring. That spring football, you know, when you lose a football season in the fall, and I think that's probably where you're coming from, hmm. you lose that, that season from the fall, and you don't know if you're going to get it. And then you get it in the spring, and then we're able to make it all the way through that gauntlet, you know, especially trying to navigate all the procedures, protocol, all that stuff. You know, I, I, yes, I am looking forward to the fall. 
But uh, I was definitely looking forward to the spring. You know, when people would ask me, they say, hey, what's the motivation going into the spring? I'm like, man, it's the love of the game. You know, uh, we had football taken away. We wanted to give those seniors who thought that it was over that opportunity. They got that opportunity, so it was great. Going into the fall, you know, it, it's tough. The spring high school sports season got backed way up. The fall sports season is starting early, August 11th. You know, so the, so everybody's summers have been really shrunk up, you know, and, and there's a lot of kids that have had a lot of things, you know, whether it's travel baseball, travel lacrosse, wrestling, basketball, all these travel sports and vacations where people can go somewhere finally. All that stuff has been happening this this summer, and it's been very strange navigating all that. And as I talk to coaches across the conference, you know, I talked to uh, Coach uh, uh, Jackson over at um, at Colonel, the Colonel yeah. and uh, you know, he we were talking about kind of the same things and stuff. And he was like, "Man, he was like, I'm having trouble with X, Y, and Z." I said, "Hey, so am I." <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like trust me. Don't worry. You're not behind. It's just this is a crazy summer yeah. and everything. So, yes, I am looking forward to the fall, but uh, it, but no more than the spring. I mean, I was excited about the spring. Well, and before we get to fishing real quick, Mark, to, to, to wrap things up, because I really want to do that, I, the, the perspective I came from when Mark asked me about it was I expect, though, the level of play early in the year to be a lot better than where it usually is because you've got that quick turnaround that you just play games, you're going into training, and then you're back at it. Is that a fair assumption on my part, or do you not agree? I don't know. I mean, there were a lot of kids that didn't play in the spring. So, I who knows? I mean, I see your point. I hope that's the case. I We intend here at Decatur for us to – take advantage of the spring and roll it right into the fall. But I don't know if that's going to be the case across the board. There's going to be a lot of teams that roll out their teams or kids that have never, you know, like their whole team will be kids that never played varsity before, have zero varsity experience. That's going to be wild. Somebody like Washington. You know, there were so many – freshmen and sophomores last year that did, I mean there was no JV football in Salisbury Washington had nothing yeah you know Snow Hill didn't have a JV that depends I, on the situation obviously in yeah. the north you know I know that Cambridge was struggling to field a JV I know that yeah. other schools were as well right so I don't know I don't know it may it, I hope you're right yeah. I hope you're right well, I see your point too though it's yeah. well said well stated I think it's going to be I think what's going to happen is the teams that are returning a lot of players that played in the spring, I think you're absolutely right. I think they will hit the ground running. The teams that have a lot of new players to varsity are going to feel this weird summer, and I think they might come out of gates maybe a little sloppy. I'm looking forward to it, and uh, I'm looking forward to folks being able to check out our brand-new website, shoresportsmd.com. You're going to be able to go on there and find uh, uh, season previews in the coming weeks for all of the different teams, for all of the different sports, not just football. We'll have an overtime live page where Mike's going to do his power polls or his billboard material for teams. Uh, he'll have, <laughs> he'll have yeah. that uh, yeah. uh, and, as well as his weekly blog there. And we'll mm -hmm. probably have video there as well, uh, you know, for oh, yeah. that. But this is you're going to find mostly video on our brand-new website. It's up and running now. 
go check it out. Spread the word. Uh, it, you go there for all sorts of different stuff. We're going to be making a trip back down here uh, in the coming weeks uh, because one of the things we want to do on the football page, because each high school sport has their own page, one of the things we want to do on the football page is that North Carolina, they teach flipper blocking. You teach using hands. We want to show folks how they're taught blocking. So the ones that are watching the games in the grandstands can understand what the difference is between a flipper or, or blocking with your hands and what's holding and what's not. Working with the officials, what's, what's pass interference in high school compared to pass interference in professional or college. And, and I want to see how they coach the quarterbacks at the Cater. I'm yeah. excited as heck about that. So yeah. we'll probably be down, Jake, with a camera, you know, filming your whole practice. So, and we won't share it with anybody. <laughs> we promise. So we'll let you edit the portions <laughs> yeah. that need to be edited. You know. So, but it's all about educating people. And yeah. that's what, that's what we want to do with shoresportsmd.com. And we want it to be a place where folks can come to get information. And even more importantly, it's a place where we can promote the student athletes from the shore. We're covering high school, we're covering youth, uh, we're even covering the local colleges, you know, yeah. Chesapeake and Salisbury. Washington, Salisbury, Washington. UMES, as well as our high school seniors that graduate and go play somewhere else. Mm -hmm. uh, where are they now? What are they doing now type thing? We're gonna cover them as well, uh, as well as some adult rec league sports like you know kickball, cornhole you know softball that kind of stuff so and yeah, maybe even some fishing in the white marlin open that'd be a good idea yeah, yeah. Well, could you give us a quick insight into the wmo coming up because that's coming up yeah. this weekend well it's going on as we speak when this uh, second part airs tuesday there. yeah well yeah. It, 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 this is uh it's august 3rd well, so it starts the second yeah oh it started okay. yesterday well, there we go yeah. well, so you're you're probably right now you're probably on a boat yeah <laughs> Probably not I, a pontoon boat yeah. either. I mean, I'm a, we'll be I'll be fishing off the boat called the Sentinel. Our captain is uh, Captain Frank Worley, and uh, you know, last year we were lucky and blessed enough to take home first place in the tuna division, um, and actually caught a record-sized uh, yellowfin tuna. And we really benefited from the fact that there was a storm right before the White Marlin Open, and yeah. we kind of fished a little bit more southern. Well, they extended the tournament because of it, yeah, right. through Sunday. Right. Yeah. So yeah. we uh, we we were able to kind of bring out a fish that maybe uh, not a lot of people thought was going to come out, and uh, so it was a good situation. And uh, hopefully this year we're gonna we're gonna go ahead and take the white marlin, the whole thing. Now, how okay. young have you been fishing since you were knee high, knee high to grasshoppers? Well, my, son, my my dad's a waterman, right, so right. I've been. Uh, I mean, I I I can catch fish. Like, if my fishing rod, my lucky fishing rod, if I gave it to Mark and he took his fishing rod and Mark went out fishing by himself, my rod would outfish his rod, and if even if I wasn't even there. Well, well I can tell you, <laughs> if Mark took your rod, Mark would have to have somebody bait the hook. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and get the fish off yeah. of it, too. So what was that tuna worth last year? It was worth over $118,000. Gosh, Ooh. and just think. Had they probably got into those Calcattas, we probably wouldn't be talking to it yeah, today. Be, well, no, nah, you'd probably still be talking. I'd be we like, might be on a better boat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Be Although like, I like this one. Don't like, get me wrong. I'd be like, Mr. Hinkle, I'd, yeah. I'd still, still would teach. Yeah. 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 Those, those yeah. Cal, the, the team that came in second place, which was sponsored by Huck, uh, who paid all the Calcuttas, mm -hmm. uh, they maxed out in second place, and they got $1.4 million. Wow. But, again – they're, 
they were sponsored. We right. weren't sponsored. We're a little boat. They're a big boat. So there's a lot of factors that kind of factor into that. Well, I can tell you we are sponsored today. Of course, uh, our presenting sponsor is Preston Automotive Group. And I'd be remiss if I didn't mention, since we are on a boat, my brand-new Hook sunglasses. Looking they're, good. They're available at an optical gallery right yeah. here in uh, the Teal Marsh Plaza in West Ocean City. You need to check them out, Jake. I think you'd like these better than what you got on. So uh, you can check those on, out, and uh, they're very reasonably priced. And for those that are wondering, you know, the, the, the lenses, these are the glass lens variety. They also have a plastic lens variety. The lenses are made in the same factory as the Costa lenses, okay? But they're made to the hook optic specifications. So uh, they're a better lens and, lens and a cheaper price. And you can find them at an optical Galleria, Teal Marsh Plaza, West Ocean City, as well as downtown Easton on Harrison Street and on Westwater Street in Centerville. That's where I went last summer. Had a yeah. good experience. Yeah. Bob and the gang were now, great. Now, they sound like somebody who should give glasses to me and then i can you know we'll name our boat after have, have you ever heard of the uh, boat blood money yeah. yeah well their son is the captain on that boat oh is it so yeah. they already have yeah. a boat well, well wait a minute you can sport some glasses on the sideline well, at the decatur games yeah. too yeah i mean they yeah. got people take pictures of me i'm yeah, not you, very you, good you, looking you, but if you want to help cover my face up and give me some well, glasses that well, will work here, you know Jake. All right, let me try Mark is taking yeah, off his glasses. And you and give put him those glasses on. I mean, well, what's the prescription he, like? He just he took off a pair. Oh, of there you go. There now, you go. Now look, look in the water. Styling and profiling. Look yeah. in the water. Oh They're my They're fishing glasses. I can see the fish yeah. in the water. <laughs> oh my god! I didn't realize we had so many fish around us. <laughs> so he takes yeah. off a pair of Oakleys and puts on the hook sunglasses, and you can get your yeah. pair too. At uh, an optical gallery. It doesn't, but there's some design uh, with the. Uh, is it to clean your glasses? The cloth to clean your yeah. glasses. He's got all the all different kind yeah. of fish designs on that because yeah. I've got one in my home. Yeah, yeah. for so my glasses. You yeah. can get your. They are nice. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're, I'm telling you. I guess my people need to talk to your well, people. Well, look, if they send, look, tell them to send me a pair. I'll wear it in a white marlin open, uh -huh. and then I'll win it. Okay. And they can go ahead. They'll be in uh, all the pictures. Okay. And I'll wear it on the sideline. Well, they're a sponsor of the White Marlow Open, so they'll already right. be in all, all the, the pictures. There you go. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. So. I think I lost a pair. Of, uh, by the way, yeah. you got your Oakleys. I think I lost a pair out here when Brooke and I, five years ago, were hanging out on a Sunday fun day. Mm -hmm. and, you know, mm -hmm. they're still down here somewhere. Yeah. So. I was on a boat that yeah. day. Uh, <laughs> well, listen, Jake, we really appreciate yeah. the hospitality. Oh, this this been has been great. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, and such a great day. We went two episodes. Uh, and I, it's going to be hard pressed to beat this one. Um, thank you for, yeah, you know, being very open with us uh, today. And um, you know, I, I think it's uh, it, it's always good. And you know, I I'm, I think I can call you a friend now. We've moved past all of that, uh, you know, stuff. <laughs> <laughs> He's giving me a grill. Yeah. Like, oh, I look like. Oh. But no, no, no in all kidding. I mean, Until we it, play Caroline. Yeah. <laughs> he's, already, he, he's already tried to finagle filming my practices a minute ago. What do you think James you is know, we, that? We talked about that the last time. You yeah. had to get over that hump to trust. In, in, we, fact, a, you know, in fact, it's got to be a circle of trust. I was just looking at the yeah. schedules last night for Overtime Live, our 13th year coming up on 90.3 yeah. Winks FM. And I think Decatur is at Caroline they this are. year. 
We get to come up to that little I, press box where you're going to hog it and make our guys sit take, in the bleachers. I just take one window. We oh, take you got drones window. now. What are you talking about? You'll, you'll drone the game. I uh, need to hear you say one yeah. negative thing about James McCormick. I actually, honestly, I have nothing negative I know. To say I know. Because I, I, well, I will. 14 passes. That's just unacceptable. 14 passes. <laughs> Tell me you don't like his haircut or something. <laughs> huh? That's his head. I have nothing to do with that. You know, honestly, in, great in the six years that I worked with them. Another SU guy. Yeah. yeah. In the six years that I worked with them, um, they gave me an opportunity. I came over to North Carolina. I was working. Matt Griffith was coaching the Tidewater Titans with me, a, a, a Pop Warner football organization that I had started to give kids an opportunity to play because the Talbot Braves were cutting off at however many kids it was, 25 or whatever, and for each one of their divisions. So we started the Tidewater Titans, and Griffith says, hey, I got a volunteer spot over at North Carolina coaching girls basketball if you'd like to help. Sure, I'll go over there. So I went over, and that's how I ended up. In, and that was in the 2007-2008 uh, winter season. And right at the beginning of January, beginning of February, they didn't have a baseball coach. And I said, you know, and you could probably find somebody with more experience, but I'll give you everything I got. So I was the baseball coach. I did that for a couple of years. Uh, until Henry Ward took over, and, and then he went on. And Brian Femi said he's upset that you left. Well, you know, <laughs> it, 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 was, it was time. Um, you know, I'll never forget one of my uh, – my sec- I can't remember my second year. Yeah, my second year in North Carolina. Uh, I'll never forget because my team beat Brian Femi's team at his own game with a suicide squeeze. And he is yeah. – Brian Femi's the master when it comes. He is so good at coaching. And, and such a good motivator. And he, he like, like Jake, he is all about all the kids, and he pushes all of the kids that have good attitudes and deserve to be promoted. And he is the same way. And that's somebody that we're going to try and get on uh, timeout with Shore Sports as well. But uh, any closing comments? No, this has just been a pleasure. And, again, to have the opportunity with this podcast to, again, do a deep dive, pardon the, the, the t- term Off with the that. But no, it's appreciative. And I, I've learned a lot because, again, coming on the scene from, you know, the Baltimore area and doing all that to come over to the Eastern Shore to learn about the base. I learned about the coaches, you know, all that. And then the South Bias, yes, which I still have, right, <laughs> and, and all that. So, no, but it's, it's, a, it's a great learning experience as well. And I'm, I appreciate we've been able to cover a lot of different facets because I've had a million questions questions for you uh, that got answered today that I appreciate it. I'm looking forward to, you know, future interviews with you and many of the other coaches as well. Jake, we're even going to let you. Yeah. you have any closing comments? Yeah. Well, I think I'm going to have to take a deep dive to get this anchor here in a minute. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> We've got high tide coming in. No, I appreciate yeah. it. It's, yeah. a, it's, a, it's a great opportunity for you guys to come down here, and I'm excited for the future. I'm excited yeah. to see your website grow and, and see all that you guys are doing. Yeah. Don't stop. We appreciate it. Thanks We're so much. We're just getting started. And, yeah, yeah, and it is. And, and it's all about the kids. ShoreSportsMD.com. And, of course, time out with Shore Sports. We can't stress it enough. Share both of those. Get it out there. Let people know. That's the only way it happens, uh, that you let people know that it's out there. And if we can get the coaches to consistently give us results across the Bayside, We'll put results on there. Yeah, that's going to be important. I mean, yeah. this is I mean, going to be I've a team doing, effort all the way I've been doing around. local yeah. sports on Winks and CEI for 14 years, and I still can't get coaches to give consistent results. So that's our goal this year. Maybe that will happen. But, uh, and uh, I need to get on that uh, email press release list for the Bayside Conference. Yeah, yeah <laughs> good luck with that. For Jake Coleman and Mike Bradley, I'm Mark Potter saying so long. We'll catch you next Tuesday with 
episode number six of Time Out with Shore Sports, presented by the Preston Automotive Group. You've been listening to the Time Out with Shore Sports podcast with Mark Potter and Mike Bradley, presented by the Preston Automotive Group. Look for another Time Out soon here on ShoreSportsMD.com.